Welcome back to another episode of Retcon, the podcast of Sorted Geekery. I'm Rick Marshall, and today we're talking about the intersection of science, games, and a young girl's undaunting ingenuity. Song of the Deep, a new video game by Insomniac Games, is hitting a frequently untapped market when it comes to children. A book produced in parallel with the game tells a story of a young girl named Marin, who builds a submarine to venture out into the open water in search of her father, who disappeared one stormy night at sea. Retcon's Patrick Garrett spoke with author and co-founder of Insomniac Games, Brian Hastings, on what the games and book industries are doing to help encourage young girls. What is the difference between writing the book and writing for a video game? I think maybe the biggest difference is that books and games have very different strengths. Uh, what I really love about video games is it's about discovering a world, and, and we like making uh, new worlds, uh, fantastic worlds. But the best part is that as a player, you get to go in and discover it and find out its mysteries on your own. And the, the best part about uh, books, I think, is they let you get deeper into the characters. You get to see sides of the characters that would just never come about uh, in a video game where you're playing as the character. You don't connect as much. You don't get as, as in-depth with them. So I think the, the book allows you to, to see a lot more of, uh, in this case, Marin and, and uh, her life and uh, see it through her eyes, what her thoughts are, what, what she's like. Now, Marin's the child in the book, and it's told from her perspective. She actually builds a submarine in it. Is there a reason why uh, you chose a small child, a girl, versus a, say, a boy? Uh, Marin is inspired by my daughter. Actually, she's a character... I, I created in order to inspire my daughter because when when my daughter was around nine, she would tell me a lot about uh, the characters that she liked, and and she likes to write her own her own stories. But when she would uh, read a book or or see a movie with a female protagonist, she tended to tell me about the characters, and the first thing she would always say is how pretty they were, and that just got me thinking about how in in games and in movies the heroines are always beautiful, and that's I think kids tend to tend to zero in on that and, and just associate that as being the most important thing, or at least uh, at least very important to the character. And I wanted to create a hero that represented the qualities that, that I wanted my daughter to admire about herself. A hero that was only heroic because of her of her actions, of, of her inner qualities, that she's intelligent, she's creative, uh, she's kind. You know, that's what gets her through the journey. So I take it your daughter's interested in science field? She is. She's really into science, yeah. Do you encourage it within your own home? We, we do. I mean, yeah, we... Uh, we really try to um, to foster like anything she likes. She's she's very artistic and, and she likes writing as well. But she she loves science in school and and so we uh, we we try to you know we go to museums and we uh, we, we watch you know science shows and like anything we can to you know just to to keep her excited about the things that she's interested in. Well, now people often say that kids aren't interested in reading anymore. People are always interested in video games, that interactiveness. Even with the advent of Pokemon Go, the sure, right, brand yeah. new app taking over the world right now. What would make a kid want to pick up the book? I I think kids have really, I mean, a lot of parents have told me that their kids have read it and have told me how they've reacted to it. And I think for both boys and girls, it's it's a character who you can relate to because one, when she's vulnerable and she's, what she's doing is, is all out of, out of love for her father. So uh, it's, it's about the lengths that we, we go uh, to help people we love, but also she's all on her own throughout it. Uh, she doesn't have any help. So it's it's a story about kids being independent and having to overcome extreme adversity and, and seemingly impossible challenges all on their own. So it does it does have the fantasy of of and of fantasy of discovery and just kind of like an incredible world that she she finds down there below the sea. Um, but it's also a world where she doesn't have anyone helping her. She doesn't have a, a mentor character. She doesn't have a, a parent. Or, she doesn't have anyone who's going to solve the problems for her. And I, I think that's something that you know, kids can identify with their you know, their own challenges that, that they go through when sometimes they feel like they're on their own. And um, 
or having to overcome something. What makes you want to put this story, I mean, both video game-wise and book-wise, um, in the sea with sea monsters? We had an idea for, we had, actually had three different uh, pitches for submarine games, and there was something um, there was something that just resonated with that. But uh, for me, for me personally, I've always been kind of fascinated with the idea that there's um, there's something magical that's just out of sight, something that could really exist. And the, the book and the game are, are both filled with magical realism. So it's intended to be a world that could could be our world. It's not you know it's not an alien planet. It's not not a pure fantasy setting. It's it's intended to be that this could be real, but at the same time there there are elements that feel fantastic, but are accepted by the characters as being real things, as being things that are, are just naturally part of the world. So I, I think the whole idea, you know, that there's that there actually could be something down in the in the, in the depths, uh, something that's yet undiscovered, is is just kind of fascinating. I, I think it's something that, uh, that we kind of share. It's as a kid, I used to dream of uh, you know my bed being a submarine, of of going exploring the depths. I'm just thinking that you know there's something there's something still out there that you know we could discover. There's you know there's something that we we haven't found yet, and you know maybe I'm going to be the one to to find it. The inspiration behind the title, both the game and the book, the Song of the Deep. How does that come to be? It's, it's based on Marin's father would sing her songs, uh, lullabies, about um, the mysteries that are down there. And the theme of songs plays out throughout the whole story. Like uh, when she, she dives down and she finds these these stones that uh, resonate with this melodic hum, which is the, the same tune as one of her father's lullabies. A lot of mysteries that are, are tied into songs and where the songs came from and what they mean. There's a deeper mystery that, that gets uncovered throughout the course of the game and the book um, that's all related to to songs. This is a primarily a children's book. It's aimed at children, but you know, as an adult uh, myself, um, both reading and playing video games, I find myself captivated by a lot of these younger tales. Do you have any books or games you'd compare it to? There are there are a lot of stories that affected me when I was growing up. And my first one that that really made a difference was uh, the Never Ending Story. Uh, yeah, I read story. that one uh, by by Michael End. Really, I mean, it was such a beautiful, magical world of discovery, and also like deeply sad in, in certain parts. And I think uh, I think it had a big effect on me emotionally. I got really angry at the author as I was reading it. I was like, how could you do this in the swamps of sorrow? Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I think we, I, I wanted to capture that same kind of discovery and, and magic on uh, the same kind of strengths of characters and also the, the, the journey that the, that the hero has to go through of it seeming impossible. Uh, you, you don't know, you know, you, you look at what's ahead of you. Uh, at one point, Marin has to... Um, get past uh, three impassable lands, and each each one is more deadly, and she just has no idea how she's going to do it. And at that point, she um, she had met other characters along the way, but there's no one who can help her. There's no one who can get her past this, and it's just people who are depending on her getting through. I, I think I, I had that same feeling as I was reading uh, Never Ending Story. I think I, I, think I was uh, 10 when I first read it. And so I, I think in some, in some ways I've, I've wanted to, to create a similar feeling in, in a book and in a game. Can I ask about the game? Just sure, one? yeah. Okay. When it comes to the game's like uh, puzzles and uh, the intricacies of when it comes to making these parts of it that bring it together, how does that help tell the narrative? Well, every every part of the world throughout has a different feel, has a different uh, set of secrets and discoveries. So whether it's the, the bone vaults or the marrow ruins, uh, each one has secrets that you're going to uncover. And yeah, each one has, has puzzles that will are, are connected to both the environment uh, and also to the story. So when you're going through Watcher's Hollow, there's a giant diving bell spider that, that lives there that Marin's going to have to encounter. But as, you, as you're going through, you're starting to uncover the secrets and you're starting to have to, to solve puzzles. And in the course of doing so, you'll you'll find mysteries of, okay, why is it the, that certain creatures, a, a small cuddle pup creature is 
uh, immune to the, the seemingly, I mean, truly deadly enemies all around. But you don't know why, and you're starting to to, to figure out little bits of, of mystery and put uh, put a larger story together. Or you'll also um, you're shining your searchlight on on certain rocks, and you'll uncover these hand-drawn etchings, and you don't know who made them, but each one tells a bit of a story, and you start uncovering that as you go. Or as you go through the Forbidden City, there's a, this city of gold that Marin's father sung to her about. And as you go through it, you, you discover that uh, the people who live there have, have vanished, and you don't know why. And there are a series of, of, of pretty challenging and, uh, now I think, really fun uh, puzzles that you're going to go through. And each one will, will reveal a little bit more about, okay, who were the people, the Fomori, who, who made this city, and, and what became of them, and what were they doing here, and why did they, they make the things that they made. All right, Brian, I want to thank you for joining us today on Retconned. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This has been Recon, a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producers are Jessica Blaustein-Marshall and Patrick Garrett. I'm Rick Marshall. Hey, if you like this show, make sure to subscribe on your podcast app of choice. Thanks for listening.